Icon Church Leadership Podcast. My name is Alona. I'm the Operations Director at Icon, and I'm here with Justin Anderson, our lead pastor. And we are digging into season two all around relational practices. We're doing this podcast because we believe that investing in leaders is what makes the church thrive. Uh, and that feels exceptionally important right now in the midst of the kind of global COVID pandemic and everything that's happening. Uh, it's really exposing, I think, for a lot of us where we are in our own lives and the things that are triggering our anxiety. And so uh, it feels even more important right now that we really dig into the idea of spiritual disciplines as an opportunity to ground ourselves uh, and create a frame for us to think about life, especially in the midst of crisis. Uh, and so that's kind of why we are starting season two now, we're pushing it up. Um, and we're going to be recapping today some of the big ideas from our sermon series, which is kind of running parallel to this, uh, and give you some tools to think about from a leadership perspective as well. So let's start by just getting a recap of what a rule of life means. We're talking about the idea of spiritual disciplines within that context. Yeah. So a rule of life is a, a historical term typically used by monks in monasteries to kind of order their communal life mm -hmm. together. And so uh, St. Benedict wrote the kind of the most famous rule of life uh, that, that ordered their community and their life together in, uh, around spiritual practices, right? And so they would agree to uh, certain rhythms of prayer and Bible study and simplicity and Sabbath and worship and all kinds of different things that they would agree to mm -hmm. um, as part of joining the, the community, joining the monastery. And, uh, and so that idea has not been limited to just monks um, because it is such a powerful way uh, to order one's life around the things that are most important rather than kind of walking through life haphazardly or at random, which we can very easily do sure. when we're not prepared, when we're not really mm -hmm. thinking about it. So. Um, we'd been planning this series uh, for a long time, and actually the plan was to start the series the week after Easter, mm -hmm. um, but because of COVID and all this, we moved it up because um, one of the great things about a rule of life is that it is designed to, uh, to, to change you, right? It's designed to create something in you. It's character formation, yeah, ultimately. Absolutely. And uh, one of the most beneficial things about a crisis like this one, and really all pain, suffering, crisis, is the, the revealing nature uh, of it, right? And so whenever crisis hits us, it reveals who we are, right? Mm -hmm. When we are pressed down on in meaningful ways, we reveal our strength. Uh, it reveals our weaknesses. It reveals all kinds of things mm -hmm. about us that have been formed over time. And so um, I think this is a great moment for all of us to take a step back and go, okay, uh, what am I afraid of? What, what feelings am I feeling in the midst of this? And then begin to address those things uh, in kind of a systematic way. So Absolutely. one of the things I said in our first week uh, of the sermon series was that um, it's kind of too late to start something like this, right? Whatever, however you're responding today is who you are, mm -hmm. right? And so um, we use the example of uh, an athlete practicing, right? Once the game starts, mm -hmm. they're done. Like they are who they are at that moment. You don't get better in a game. You, you in a game, show how much better you've gotten in practice. So um, one way to think about a rule of life is it's practice. Mm -hmm. It's practice for the game of life. How's that? Uh, it's practice. <laughs> Corny, for, but we'll yeah, go yeah. for it. No, but it's, it totally works. Uh, it's 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 ways of preparing ourselves for the uncertainty of real life, mm -hmm. for the unpredictability of real life, so that we don't learn just how to respond in a set uh, kind of set of circumstances. 
Um, but we learn how to adapt and respond because it's who we are and it's reflective of who we are. And that's what a rule of life can do, okay? So we apply that idea to a situation like this mm -hmm. where there's this kind of anxiety-inducing, peace-stealing event in our lives. Sure. Um, and we're trying to figure out how to respond the right way, mm -hmm. okay? And so we hear sermons, we hear tweets or read tweets or whatever it is about how to respond to mm -hmm. this but the reality is if we don't do the work of uh, character formation shaping who we are our responses will be one-off they'll be forced they'll be in, in a sense legalistic in, in a sense that they aren't really a reflection of who we are but we're kind of doing these things in spite of who we are sure more reactionary than yeah, anything else exactly so a rule of life building a rule of life is a proactive kind of systematic approach to shaping oneself through kind of boxing ourselves in with these rules and practices. Which everything that you're saying, like all of millennials hate because I don't want to be in a box. Don't put me in a box, any gram type seven, like I want to have fun. This is not the way that people want to live. And I think a lot of people wrestle with the idea of a rule of life because of that, because it feels uh, too exclusive, like it's making me have to do things that I don't actually want to do. Yeah. Um, and so how would you kind of reframe or, or respond to that kind of critique of a rule of life? Yeah, somebody who doesn't want to be boxed in, doesn't want a rule of life, doesn't want those disciplines, also doesn't want to be good at anything. <laughs> because in order to be good at anything, you have to be disciplined. Yeah. Right. So we look at an athlete that we like, a musician that we like, or an artist or a business person or whatever. None of them are lazy. None of them got there on accident. None of them got there on talent alone. I mean, there is a long list of athletes that come out of high school or college with all the talent in the world. Mm -hmm. They get to the NBA or Major League Baseball and, and fail completely because they don't have the work ethic. Sure. So if you're not willing to work and not willing to constrain your desires, that's fine. You'll just never be good at anything in life. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> and this really, I mean, for us, we've talked about this in other episodes already. It really fits into our whole focus in season one on the philosophy of discipleship is that it has to be proactive, that it's rooted in spiritual disciplines. We talked about all of that in season one. Uh, and I think it's important for us to remember that, that if we want to accomplish um, we talked about Dallas Willard's vision, intention, and means. Mm -hmm. If we want the vision, which is this lifestyle of Jesus, then we have to be intentional in the proactivity of that. Uh, and then also understand that our means for doing it are the relational practices. Like these are the tools that we have to yeah. be able to live that life. Yeah, and you know, to a degree I'm joking about you don't want to be good at anything, but I'm not, right? Like the, <laughs> sure. the reality of it is if you don't do things on purpose, mm -hmm. if you don't have a vision not only for what the outcome that you want, but a vision for how you get there, yeah. then you'll just become whatever outside stimulus makes you, right? You just sure. become kind of a leaf blown in the wind mm -hmm. and you end up where the wind wants you to be, not where you want to be, mm -hmm. okay? So there's there's nothing good about that, right? Like there's nothing, uh, there, there's nothing ultimately effective about that idea of like no restriction, no rules, that's dumb. Like that, that literally just doesn't work 
uh, in any context of life. And, and I would say maybe especially not when it comes to spiritual realities, because the reality is we, it's, we're not living our spiritual lives in a neutral vacuum. Sure. Yeah. We have a real enemy working against us. Mm -hmm. And so when we are standing, I was thinking about it like standing the wrong way on an escalator uh, or a conveyor belt or something like that. When we don't walk actively against it, it mm -hmm. we're getting pulled backwards. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so if we don't have that vision for what we want to be, the intention to get there, mm -hmm. and then the means built in to do that, we just we will be whatever the world creates in us, and not what we want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And so, what we've actually created to kind of help facilitate some of this conversation is a template to help you think about a rule of life, uh, and we focus it around three big ideas: the idea that. The rule of life uh, targets the idea of it being relational, formational, and missional. So let's yeah. talk about the first one, the idea yeah. that it's relational. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, I, I grew up in a Christian home, in Christian churches, great churches, um, but I would say one of the things that was drilled into me uh, intentionally and unintentionally, I think, was the idea that the main thing we have to do is to learn about God. Right, learn the Bible, learn theology, uh, learn things about God so that we can know God. And I think that there is some obvious real value in that. Mm -hmm. And it misses the fact that the call on our lives and what we're created for isn't just to know God, but to be with God, mm -hmm. right? It's the difference between knowing things about a person and actually knowing a person, right? So I love C.S. Lewis. I've read all the books, biographies, all of it. I know a lot about C.S. Lewis. Sure. Never met the guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know the sound of his laugh. I don't know what it sounds like when he was sarcastic, and I know he was. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know it, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know C.S. Lewis, even though I know a ton about him, mm -hmm. right? And so the invitation of God is to be with him. It's relational. And mm -hmm. so one of the things with these practices that I want us to really focus on is that when we go to the Bible, for instance, in that practice of scripture reading, that we don't go to the Bible simply to learn facts and data points about God, mm -hmm. but that we would read the Bible um, the way we might read a spouse's journal with permission. Um, <laughs> not to find out like what their favorite color is and when, you know, what they, not, not data and details, but that we would hear them mm -hmm. and know them and read stories that they tell about themselves um, as, as insights into their heart and their desires and their fears and all yeah. that. So when we go to the scriptures, rather than memorizing uh, details about the Canaanites and the Philistines or whatever, like that's fine and good, but if, but if we miss the big E on the eye chart of actually being in the presence of God by being a part of God's story, mm -hmm. whether that be in scripture, Sabbath, prayer, simplicity, all the practices, um, that's got to be our goal is to connect relationally with God, to be with God, not just to learn things about God. Yeah, and I think that's the typical miss for people is that when they're thinking about it, it's so much more about learning about who God is, thinking that that is going to give them inherent relationship, but that, that doesn't usher you, we joke, like the ushering into the presence of God, like yeah. learning the scripture isn't what is gonna actually create that space for you. It's the intimacy and relationship, that's yeah. the real end goal. Um, so that's kind of what we're wanting to focus around. Yeah, and I think one of the ways we've all experienced this is, I, I, so I'm married and I picture myself uh, on the couch with my wife at the end of the day and we're trying to talk and connect. 
and I can be there um, to learn and remember things about her day that she's telling me, mm -hmm. right? And I can sit there across from her and listen to the details of her day and catalog them in my mind as things to remember for future use or something like that. <laughs> or I can be there and listen and engage. And my, so that's harder to do, I get, with God rather than my wife. Uh, but it's not fundamentally different still. Mm -hmm. um, it's about your posture and your approach and the reason why you're there in that moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The second piece then, so relational and then formational, uh, is the idea of it's being shaped into being like God. So talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think the relational thing is a big miss for people. I think the formational piece is an even bigger miss, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of times we'll talk about head, heart, and hands, right? Mm -hmm. As a kind of a way of understanding people and how we live in the world. And functionally, the way we think about discipleship and, and formation, all of this, is more information into the head so that we can live out our faith with our hands. And there's this kind of like straight line drawn from head knowledge to hand, uh, and we may call it belief, but functionally it's the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's knowledge. Um, and there's like almost like a dotted line to the heart of like, yeah, 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 it's got to do with the heart, but no real understanding of how that works. Sure. So this is where the relational connects to the formational, right? So if our if our uh, attempt at being with God is primarily cognitive and intellectual, then we just are learning things about God. There's no heart connection. When the desire is to be with God, then that is a that that's an ask that connects heart to the situation to be mm -hmm. in the presence of God. So the formational piece is that um, we should ask God to shape who we are, our character, our nature, yeah. our desires, our being, our loves, our hates, right? That, that, that we should love what God loves and hate what God hates, not, and this is where I think we, we can do it a little wrong, to think, okay, uh, input information, output behavior, mm -hmm. that we would go, okay, I'm gonna learn to be like God, I'm gonna be shaped by God by being in the presence of God, so that no matter what the situation, I know what to do. Yeah. Because uh, I'm responding as if, the, the way God would respond because mm -hmm. I've been shaped in, into his character, mm -hmm. okay? So when we skip that part, ultimately all our activities require a, kind of a, a closed set of circumstances. I know what to, I tell the truth, right? So I, there's this monolithic idea of I tell the truth. That's a, that's a moral act. But when it's disconnected from I love the truth hmm. and, I, and I, I'm formed by the truth yeah. and I'm convinced that in all scenarios the truth reigns supreme, then I'm, th there's a disconnect. Mm -hmm. And so then I can begin to rationalize, well, is the truth actually better in this situation? And what, you know, if, what if she asks me if this dress looks good on her? What do I say? And, you know, these <laughs> tough moral situations yes. we get in. Uh, so connecting from relational to formational, that the expectation is when we're in the presence of God that we will be shaped into the likeness of mm -hmm. God which then flows into the third piece, the missional piece. Yeah, and I guess just one last piece on that is, I think that's what counters that effort versus earning piece yeah. that people always bring up is, uh, I'm not doing this for God's love, but from God's love is the kind of piece that you talked about on Sunday. And I think that's the, the place to catch ourselves is when we wanna 
claim that we're putting ourselves in a box and this is too much work yeah. um, to remind ourselves like the gospel and grace isn't opposed to our effort. Like we are putting in effort, but it's not because we're trying to earn God's love. We're, right. we're putting in the work to be formed into yeah. his likeness. Yep. Um, so yeah, let's go to missional. Um, how does this then lead to our hands? Yeah. So then once that, that character formation happens by from being in the presence of God, then we, we live that out. And so I, I've been using this example a number of times and this event in history is one oh. of the greatest events <laughs> in all of sports history and it happened before she was born uh, so but i've I, watched it on youtube we, now. we had to watch it on youtube before this episode 1991 <laughs> nba finals i mentioned this in a previous podcast michael jordan <laughs> against the lakers goes down the lane for a right-handed layup or dunk somebody comes up to block the shot he double clutches underneath goes up with the left hits the shot, Marv Albert goes nuts, right, on the play-by-play. Uh, it's this amazing move. So here's the difference. Michael Jordan has not spent, or had not spent, hundreds of hours practicing this up and under shot. This is not what he did. It's not unlikely that's the first time he ever took that shot in his life. What he had done is spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours shaping himself into a basketball player who knew how to respond mm-hmm. and react to the ever-changing scenarios of a game and shaping himself into the kind of athlete yeah. that could pull off what his brain says, right? So I'm in that situation. I go up with my right hand. Somebody comes up to block it, and I think, ooh, what I should do is double clutch, go down and go up left. By the time I have that thought, I'm back on the ground mm-hmm. because I can't jump. And so <laughs> I don't have the ability to do that. Jordan has shaped himself into the mm-hmm. kind of basketball player who could then do that, respond and react in no matter what the situation is. Okay, so something out of the ordinary comes into our lives like a global pandemic, right. the likes of which we have never seen in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And if you have not shaped and formed yourself into the kind of Christian, to the kind of human, that can be at peace in the midst of that, right? So one of the things we talked about on Sunday is having peace, being at peace has nothing to do with what's going on around you. Mm -hmm. Being at peace is 100% about you, what's in you. It's not about what's outside of you, okay? So these practices then shape us by being in the presence of God. We are assured of God's power and strength and love for us. And that moves and shapes us and forms us into the kinds of people that no matter what may come our way, whether it be global pandemic or bad hair day, not my problem, <laughs> we, we can respond in peace. Yes. We can respond with confidence in who God is no matter what we face. So it has nothing to do with what's outside. Mm-hmm. 100% of what, what's going on inside of us. And so a rule of life is what we use to proactively shape what's going on inside of us so that no matter what's happening, we're good. Absolutely. So let's close then with some takeaways. How should we try to put that into practice? Yeah. So for this series, we've created um, some resources for you, some recommended reading, a template like Alona mentioned. So if you go to iconchurch.org slash rule for life, you'll find all that stuff there. Here's what we're going to ask. Grab the template. 
pick three of the practices. We're going to go through them over the next seven weeks. Um, grab three of the practices that you have had some level of familiarity with, maybe some success with in your life, and think about how you're going to level up mm-hmm. on those things. Maybe level up means more regularity. Maybe it means more intentionality around how you're engaging those practices. Maybe it means longer amount of time. I don't know what that means, but level up in some way. And then pick one that you've never really tried before or you've always failed at, you've struggled with, mm-hmm. um, and, and try to implement that at the, at the lowest level and begin to build. So what that does then is it just creates a framework for you to understand how you're going to grow your character, your relationship with God, and therefore as a result of those things, your uh, the way you live in the world so we'll, we'll kind of provide that framework for you and then this podcast for the next several weeks um, help build out each of those weeks so keep paying attention to the sermons on sunday and then uh, this podcast that drops every wednesday yeah so thanks for tuning in uh wherever you're getting this content whether that's on apple spotify on youtube engage with us rate it review it let us know what you think uh, and we'll see you next week thanks for tuning in to see our show notes and other episodes, head to iconchurch.org slash leadership podcast.